Shar. I don't know about this. Come on, Shar. Just do it. I wrap my fingers around Eris's dense curls. I feel like if you amp up the silking just a little bit more, you'll accomplish the vibe of the shaved head without actually doing it. Ha ha. He looks up at me. Big brown eyes swimming in his thin face. If you take the hair off my head, I'll take the hair off your face. I'll take your eyebrows off, dude. I start the razor and he grins. Something so rare these days it almost makes you forget that Ray's gonna kill me for this. Don't blame me when you look like a big baby. I warn as I press the blade of the electric razor closer to his skull. You're a good man, Sharon. He pats my bare abs right at his eye level. Do wish he'd put on a shirt, though. I flex. Eros rolls his eyes and lets them roam around my brick. Tasteful mixes of metals and woods. Minimalist. Ray and Eros live in a clutter I can't stand. Canada. Hey. What do you think now? I shrug. He does this all the time. Thinks I'll get more about Rebecca because of our... past association. She tried to kill me. Pretty sure we're not on the same fucking page. My fingers tighten a little. My arms tense up. If Eric can tell, he doesn't say anything. I take a deep breath, remembering what happened in the square. If it wasn't for Dion, the bullet would have hit me. I promised myself I wouldn't do this. Rehash things, what they'd be like if I'd been killed. It isn't just that Dion would have lived. He's the only man in recent history who managed to knock someone up. He wouldn't have been the hero who saved me. He would have been the hero who saved the fucking species. Not just a container of ashes located in some grief storage lockup. Fuck, dude, I can't do this today. I just did it yesterday. And the day before that. And the day before that. Lockavaris's hair falls to my bare feet. I continue to shave his head in silence. We spent a lot of time here in my brick over the last few months. Each content with not speaking. We're playing video games, lifting, sometimes reading. We spent a lot of time in silence. Everyone wants to know what he's feeling all the time. But since I couldn't bear the grief anymore, I don't ask. I catch sight of my face in a mounted mirror. Even in resting dreadbone, my face looks much like my home. Like everything was placed in just the right spot. But it always kind of bored me. I've always worried people were defining me by these traits I had nothing to do with. People like to know things about you because it makes them feel like they own a part of you. But all they focus on, my face, who I like to fuck, even being one of the five, isn't stuff I feel like I own. I had nothing to do with it, any of it. That's what I like about my body, about being so strong. After I started getting jacked, no one would call me the beautiful one. And when I decided to come out, I knew if I was built enough, no one would even call me the gay one. I'd be the strong one. But beyond what other people think of me, being this way has also given me a life built around and certainly needs most. Fucking purpose. Somewhere in the half a second between my first and second curl, must have been like 13, I felt something I hadn't before, like I was building towards something. Every day since they could tell we were listening, everyone has done nothing but tell us about how much pressure there is on us, despite the fact that it was them who had gone years without a breakthrough. The doc's failures in the lab sucked. But feeling myself getting stronger, seeing my body change in the mirror, that was progress I could hang on to. That's why these last few months have been so nuts. I'd have been feeling strong, I've been feeling scared. The lady in power is the same lady who tried to kill me. If she was able to picture the species surviving without me before, who's to say she can't still? Where is she taking us? How isolated would we be? My chaperone Athena got relocated for some emotional distress bullshit, and Rebecca was supposed to replace her, but she hasn't. Why? 
because... Fuck! Oh, shit. I dropped to my knees the second I realized what I've done. Clipped Eris's ear with the razor. I whip off a sock, apply pressure to the nick. Well, I think you'll live, I say. Is that a dirty sock? I don't know. It's close to your nose. He looks at me seriously. Reads my mind. Not gonna let anything happen to you, dude. Dumb thing to say to a person who just wounded you. He places his hand on mine, pats it roughly. I will forgive you if you finish my hair. I straighten back up. No matter what vibe he's trying to give off to Rhea and Hera, and whoever else, Eros needs emotional intimacy. He feels nothing unless he's feeling with someone else. He once asked me what I thought the worst part of being the last human being would be at the ripe old age of seven. Maybe that's why that week he spent being interrogated by Arsena was so rough. He had no one to confide in. He was told everyone he had shared everything with was gone. Rhea's the exact opposite of him in that everyone knows exactly what she's feeling all the time. There's no point in being close to her because everyone's within screaming distance. Eros would feed off that intensity, and she was a bottomless pit for his feelings. But now that he's shoved Rhea away, I'm the closest person to him. When he wants to say something real, he says it to me. In the past, I would have found all the emotional hand-wringing pretty stupid, but these days, no one's wringing my hands, if you know what I mean. It's been months since I brought anyone home. Before, I couldn't open my mouth to yawn without having someone press his lips on mine. I wouldn't fuck just anyone. I just... I like seeing them with my things. I, I liked how their bodies fit into my space. Their bare feet on the floor, their lips on the glass, their backs warm and in the sheets. I take mental pictures of all these moments and store them. I use them to create a life I never had. I never wanted to talk to them because the second they'd say anything, the fantasy dies. What are the five like in real life? They'd ask while drooling about having someone as special as me, even just for a night. Done, I say, placing the razor on the counter and backing away from my masterpiece. Eros runs a hand over his newly shaved head. I absentmindedly grab onto the pull-up bar in the doorway, raise myself. He hops over to the mirror. Dude, I love it. He turns back to me, beaming. I hang from the bar with one arm. Hope Canada's warm. Who knows? Maybe it'll be completely different. I remark only to realize a moment later how great that could actually be. A new routine, a fresh start. People could leave their shitty memories of each other here. Eros would stop thinking about Iris. Rhea would be too busy readjusting to life to mourn Eros. When faced with no other friends, Persephone might warm up to me again. I don't know. Clark, uh, I'm sure he'd find something. Oh, yeah, he'd be new to the place like everyone else. Couldn't bitch about feeling so behind. Sure, we'd have to take Apollo, but with no one else around, we, we could remind him every fucking second of what he did. That he's a real murderer. Because he actually flew off the handle and killed someone. He wasn't just a guy caught up in a big mess that got out of control. A scared kid, really. Comparatively to the person pulling the trigger. My face falls as I realize wherever we go, she will too. Rebecca. Persephone saying how much she hates me, that I can get over. Because hating someone isn't the worst thing you can do to them. The piercing beeping scares me so badly, I fall up, land on my ass onto the floor. Bro! Eros runs over to me, but I already bounced up and back on my feet. 
I can't keep this shit up, y'all. Sorry, sorry. His brows are knitted together in apology as he fiddles with his ID bracelet. It's, uh, Apollo. Trying to locate me. Something sad flashes behind his eyes, and then something much darker. Hey, how he tries to act like everything's normal. No, not just normal, better. Like, like we should be inspired by his ability to carry on, Eros says. Even though he knows, we know, he and his microdick are useless. And now, whatever sadness was in his eyes is hardened to anger. He thinks the way he's handled himself since Iris died is brave. Last week he told me to pull together, that my grief was, he pauses, seethes, gratuitous. It's not, man. You know how you feel. We all kind of... No, we don't all whatever. I was there, Char. I was one room over. He drops to the ground, folds his legs under him, makes himself small. I get down to his level. I should have been in the room, he says. She asked you not to be. She knew he was coming. She could have done... Don't do that. And there's a spark of some rage at me. Eris won't stand for anything bad about Iris, even if it's something as little as trusting Apollo. I shouldn't have gotten so fucked up. Then I could have stayed up and talked, not just passed the fuck out. I just watch, saying nothing. Because nothing I could say could possibly be good enough. And I know. I've tried. We've gone over that night so many times. I used to think he would talk about it to understand it better. But now, I know it's just because he wants me to judge him, punish him. But I won't. Why are we doing this now, again? I ask, trying not to sigh. He tries to run both hands through his hair, but there's nothing there. He cradles his skull instead. I keep having this... dream. Oh boy, I think. I'm laying on the couch in her brick, but I'm not asleep, I'm awake. And I hear them arguing, but... I'm so tired, my, my eyelids are so heavy. She yells for him to get away. There's a crash and then she screams, but I don't move. What does she say when she screams? She says, Eros. He watches my face for a reaction, and I keep still, not willing to give him the reaction he wants, not playing his masochist game. Eros pounds a few buttons. Won't fucking... I reach over and gently press the silencer, mute it. You've got to stop beating yourself up for this, man. At the end of the day, only one person killed Iris. It wasn't you. Sometimes, sometimes I think the only way I'm going to feel better is if I do something. Now, there's, there's this drug they've cooked up. They think it's dangerous, though. Side effects shit. If I fucked my body up, you can't work any harder succeeding. You got to give your body time. I, I sometimes think about pinning him down and wrapping my hands around his throat, he says. You know, I can find a guy to do that if that's your thing. He shakes his head, smirking a little. I lean back against the wall. This could be fun. What's the opposite of masochism? Is that really how you do it? I smile so he knows I'm down for a little revenge fantasy. Eros cocks an eyebrow. He says, I would just love to pummel his precious face over and over, break his eye sockets with my own hand, maybe a bat if it hurts more, make him choke on his own teeth. Ugh, gross. I wouldn't like the sound. Me? I tie him up, hang him from the rafters over there, use his body as a punching bag, make him feel powerless. <laughs> he barks out a feverish laugh. 
I've never heard him talk like this, but it's kind of nice to hear him want something instead of just wallowing. I want him to be scared, like she was. I get to my feet. Yeah, fear's a pretty powerful tool. I stick out a thick hand, pull him to his feet. Eris clenches and unclenches a fist experimentally. And then a look I don't recognize slides down his face, fills his eyes, wrinkles his nose, and finally makes his lips twitch up into a smirk. What? I ask. I don't know. I feel better just thinking about killing him. Clark. I crack every knuckle on each hand, dragging out the final few seconds before I knock on the door. My copy of Catcher in the Rye tucked under my arm. I do want you to know I had zero intention of coming upon first receiving this invitation. Tea with Persephone? At 10pm? No thanks. We've had exactly no conversations that haven't ended with her belittling or outright mocking me. But when the message came to talk, well, he told me, you just gotta go. And honestly, I needed a little break from my southern gentleman. He's a lot to be around. So many questions. Was I ever like this? I'm sure Ray would tell me I was worse. To get away from the memories of those early days, I knock once. The door is yanked open immediately. Persephone arches an eyebrow in way of greeting. Hi. I say hurriedly. I push away the thoughts of what Rhea would think of this rendezvous as I step inside the room. I'm so glad you could make it. She coos as she turns away from me. Her small frame is wrapped in a large, fluffy white robe. Not the standard-issue slate grey ones the other units wear. It goes with the room, rich with luxurious fabrics and plump cushions. How's the new chaperone? He's fine. He seems really weird. He is certainly a character. Likes for everyone to know exactly what he's thinking, all the time. At first I thought it was stupid to hire another chaperone, especially when it was just to make you feel normal. No offense. Yep. I say. I mean, I was happy to opt out of mine. Her phrasing is a bit funny. Rhea had heard from Hera that Persephone was no longer allowed a chaperone. For her safety. And theirs. But I am glad they picked someone interesting. She perches on the arm of a generously stuffed chair. Her small feet crossed delicately on the seat. Yes, uh, Talc is nothing if not interesting. I shudder at the memory from earlier today, when my chaperone discussed living in the desolate, woodsy, southern United States, and a two-hour monologue culminating in him telling me a story about why blind people shouldn't be able to skin animals. Why'd you bail this morning? I flounder for a response, folding a little under her serene yet fierce gaze. I didn't want to go. Which is true, if not overly simple. Why? I was upset with Rhea, to be honest. There's a flicker behind Persephone's eyes, like I've just lost a game I didn't know I was playing. Why? Just a private matter, really. Nothing too interesting. I have a feeling it's very, very interesting. She springs cat-like to her feet, 
She takes steps so small and precise, they could be dance moves. If I offer you a drink, do you promise to take it? She places a large, round ice cube in a glass as I stammer. I couldn't. She pours something amber into the glass instead. The ice shifts a little, and then it occurs to me. I don't think I've ever seen ice in a beverage. Everyone else uses fake metal cubes. She holds the glass out to me. Pouts. Oh, please, Clark. I need someone in this room to act normally. She turns to me, eyes large with anticipation. She sticks out her hand. Trade you? As I hand her my book and take the whiskey, something occurs to me. The robe. The alcohol. The bed. My stomach drops. Are we alone? As alone as I ever get. She winks as she places my book on an end table. I can. I'm not prepared for this. Persephone is... attractive. But honestly, I'm more afraid of her than anything else, which will make rejecting, whatever this may be, harder than going along with it. I take a long sip, try not to react to the burn in the back of my throat. Grateful for an extra second of reprieve, she watches me. It's great. I smile, nodding towards the drink, lying. Persephone shakes her head like she knows. With one deft move, she kicks an ottoman out towards me, returns to the chair, this time letting it engulf her. I slowly lower myself, like the cushion might move out from under me. She watches me, a smirk playing across her full lips. Why me? Why now? Surely, if she really wanted someone, anyone, she could have them. Plus, if her last few conquests were any indication, I'm certainly not her type. Every picture of Dion I've seen confirms he could have eaten me if he... All right, friend. Let's do it. I choke, tasting the whiskey in my nose. Let's talk about Rhea. Oh. Embarrassment floods my face. Um, I don't think I feel like it. I may be unhappy with Rhea right now, but I don't want to just sit here and shit on her with Persephone. I was just making a point this morning. I felt powerless. I... No, that's how Rhea has always described copping, but she somehow felt complicit in that. When we do it, I want to feel like we're on the same team. Look, I know you're still the new kid in town, but this is my area of expertise. I stare at her like she's speaking German. I want to help you, she clarifies, and my throat tightens. I've gotten everyone I've ever wanted. She shows her small pointed teeth, reaches for my drink and gently lifts the ice cube. She licks it. And now, I want to help you get Rhea. I take the first real breath since I entered the room. This is about Rhea. Isn't it always? She says as she reclines, dropping the ice back in my glass. So, all I know for sure is you've never had sex. I feel an unexpected sting of defensiveness. Well, how do you know for sure? She turns in response, arches an eyebrow again. No, we haven't. I admit. That's actually better because, and don't take this the wrong way, but you probably would have been terrible. We did kiss. She kissed me. For the first time tonight, I feel like I've surprised her. It was pretty intense. While we were away... Why'd you stop? 
She stormed out. She nods. Thinks. And nothing physical since? We sleep together sometimes. I say quickly, instantly regretting engaging with her on this. Why am I even still here? That's not good. Well, look, I appreciate your interest in my life, but I don't think things between me and Rhea will be changing anytime soon. I smile a little sadly, finish my drink. Unless, of course, you transform me into arrows. I get to my feet. She doesn't move. Doesn't blink. Well, there's your first problem. That I'm not him. No, that you think she couldn't like you more. She stands, saunters over to me. Unlike everyone else, we're actually on each other's eye level. That's why for the first time tonight, I can tell she's about to say something she means. I know I haven't been as welcoming as I could be. An understatement. But the way you look at her, I used to look at someone like that too. She takes half a step back, as if to distance herself from her own truth. Or multiple people. You know, this is about the process more than the person. Of course, I say, suddenly feeling dismally sorry for the luckiest girl in the world. Let me help you. I mean, what have you got to lose? I take the longest two seconds to think I can. Worst comes to worst, I just move away from this. Me and Purse become friends. She seems like she needs a friend, and I don't have too many myself. Best case, well, I mean I get... Not that I need rare, but... Clark. Okay. I say a little too loud. Her face cracks into an all-out grin. She throws her arms around my neck, embraces me. Fantastic. We'll begin tomorrow. Oh, uh, okay. And before I can wonder why, she shuffles me out. I'm down the stairs, passing two security guards, fully out the door, feeling the whiskey a little. Talc is waiting out there. How was your play date, pal? Uh, just fine, I say, giving him a bit more smile than usual. Where's the book? Oh, right. I turn and dash back up the stairs. The guards let me brush by with barely a glance. I take the stairs, two at a time. I can hear the shower running from the outside, so I barely pause to knock before pushing open the door. That's when I finally stop. Not sure how or why, but Eros is on Persephone's bed. He seems less startled by me. He just turns his newly shaved head in my direction, gathers himself and walks over to me. He says nothing, crosses his arms. I forgot my book. I stammer. He looks around the room, spots it, and he grabs it, hands it to me. Persephone sticks her head out of the bathroom. Clark, first lesson, I wouldn't tell her about this. I nod, still a little shocked to find arrows looming over me. I back out of the room. He shuts the door. Hera. The after-hours guard slides the grated door shut behind me. As usual, he doesn't lock it before strolling down the hall, whistling softly. I listen until I can barely hear him. He'll loop around a few times, casually. After all, he's the only person on this sub-level besides myself. 
and former President Rosalind Black. The thin metal cuffs clink against the tea kettle. They aren't connected to anything, even each other. They seem to serve no purpose except, of course, to remind her where she is. Can I get you anything? Black says in her trademark clip and formal tone. It seems out of place here, where she sits in silky gray pajamas at a small Spartan table. It's one of the only pieces of furniture in the room, besides the bed, made with new sheets each day, and the television which shows her the world she used to keep so carefully manicured, now growing a little wild, but growing nonetheless. I'll have what you're having. I smile a little as she pours hot water into two metal cups. She drops two Earl Grey bags into them, mug still steaming. She leans back with it close to her face, not sipping, but feeling the steam rise along her cheek, brushing it before billowing up and claiming space in the stale air before succumbing to the oppressive atmosphere. She does try and warm up the space. It's just that Black herself always ran a bit cold. Her latest attempt is a newspaper cover from the day the five were born, framed and hung on the wall. Will they allow you to take that when you're moved? I ask, gesturing to the frame. She looks at it, parts her lips as if to speak. Tell me about Persephone. She asks, choosing to change the subject again instead of squirm around the topic of being moved to a permanent facility, one that wouldn't treat her like such a criminal. She's great. As far as I know, they've recently written this opera about her. It's much, much funnier than it's supposed to be. I think the woman playing her is 20 years older. And probably 40 inches taller. I force a laugh, more relieved than anything to see black dust off her dry wit. Clark has a new chaperone. What is he like? She asks. He's from the Lost Batch, you know. I know she says, finally sipping from her mug. I was not yet in charge, but even then remember some of the experiments seeming excessive. Of course, it was practical, but still. When they were born, their cries were so loud. You knew they were already in pain, except for the ones born with lungs too weak to cry. They died immediately. They were better off. Unlike anyone else who could possibly tell this story, Rosalind doesn't seem sad or horrified. She seems perplexed. Do you ever wonder, Hera, if you could go back and change things? Would you? Um, yeah. I remember the light touch of Apollo when I took him back, tracing my skin with the same hands he'd used to kill Iris. Yeah, there are definitely a few things I'd avoid. Ah, see, I think I made all the best decisions I could. The minotaur at the center of the maze being both my punishment and my reward. You know, a bull's horns aren't exactly the horns I'd give Rebecca. She smiles. No, but she does have the nostrils of one. I don't know if I can unsee that one. She watches me, eyes boring deep into mine. She seems to make some momentous decision, but then simply says, How is your sister? Moody? Petulant? Lonely. Somehow she's even gotten Clark mad at her. Should be an interesting little trip we're going on. 
At this, she stiffens. You're leaving? Yes, I hesitate, but what I mistook for hurt quickly changes to something else. Something frantic. Where are you going? North? To Canada? What about Persephone? Rhea? They're coming too. It's going to be a tour or something? Is she going? Who? But we both know she could only be one person. Rebecca? But before she can finish what she's saying, she begins to violently shake. The metal cuffs, her bony fingers grip the metal cup. She falls over before I can stand and rush to her. I move for her when... Don't. I spend the eerily, unmistakably calm voice. Rebecca leans in the doorway, two far less friendly guards behind her. You're too good a conductor. Might get quite the shock. You've got to fucking help her. Rebecca shrugs, infuriating. She's being dramatic. Her teeth mash against one another, flecks of blood flying out as they do. With horror, I realize she's bitten off a small piece of her tongue. Do something! Tell you what, you come out here and I'll send these boys in to help. The guards pull on thick black rubber gloves. I sprint out of the cell, gesture emphatically to Black as they walk too slowly towards her shuddering frame. You know what I hate? More than making rules. I glare at her, enforcing them. And she smiles breezily. Let's go for a walk. No, I need to make sure. And she squeezes my shoulder, faux affectionate. Wasn't asking. Her wide, flat shoes patter across the concrete ground. I'm a step behind her, my frustration and disgust radiating out of every clack of my heels. I really want us to be friends, Hera. I really do respect you. That's why I let you have these rendezvous. She knew? Restricting people teaches you nothing. You learn far more from watching people do what they want. She turns to me, which is how I know you need someone to talk to. I know we got off on the wrong foot. You killed Dion. I spit. I get a flash of the memory of Persephone staining Char's shirt with blood as her hands pounded on his chest. I force it back like vomit in my throat. That was a complicated time. I did not make that decision in a vacuum. Rather, I made it with a council. Oh, fuck off! She blinks, surprised as she presses the elevator button. I made that decision to keep the people who trusted me safe. The women of the void trusted me with their lives. Well, I wouldn't make the same mistake. We stare at each other, unblinking until I stab the up button. Hard. You want us to go on some crazy PR parade with you? After what I just saw you do to a woman you've already got caged like a fucking animal? Thankfully, the elevator arrives. I step inside, shaking with rage. The doors begin to close when Rebecca floats a hand in front of them. I'm worried about you. She says, Excuse me? I value your honesty. I really do. But I'm worried some people may not be being honest with you. It isn't my place, but... And she lowers her lanky arm. The doors begin closing again. This time I stop them myself. What are you talking about? I ask, hating myself for engaging. Her lips spread into a tepid, pitying smile. 
I think your sister has something she needs to tell you. 